Amen. Amen. Have a seat. Man, we're finishing up a three-part arc on Samson today. And it's been wild, hadn't it? Samson's great. Samson's a great story. Some of you, I've had some great conversations in the last couple weeks about Samson. Really, really good stuff. People are like, man, I didn't didn't realize Samson was such a jerk. One guy didn't say jerk. Let you fill in the blank. But we're finishing up the story of Samson today. He, He is actually, when you read through the book of Judges, he's the last judge mentioned. And you're like, but there's more chapters after that. There is. Everything after that's kind of the appendix. It's kind of like, oh, here's some things you also need to know. Do you think they're good things? No, they're terrible. They're awful. They're awful. And so we're actually going to finish Judges, not today, not next week. Next week's Father's Day, right? And uh, guess what next week's title sermon is going to be? The sermon your dad wants you to hear. So... It's part two of Mother's Day Sermon. And honestly, what you're going to hear next week is going to be how to activate everything you learned this week in the last two weeks. So there's your your hook, you know, for next week. Come on down. And then the week after that, we'll finish Judges. I'm going to cram all the terribleness into one day. But I do want to give you a quick little uh, previously on Samson, just in case this is your first time here. And if it is, man, I'm so glad you're here. Uh, maybe some of you are in town this week uh, visiting family because of graduations that are going on. Anybody go to a high school graduation this week? Man, I did. I went to one yesterday. It was awesome. Finally, finally, I graduated. I got out. They finally me. No, I'm so glad I'm not in high school, but uh, that was awesome. If you're here, here's where we've been. Samson, uh, the story of Samson is in our larger series called Broken as people are looking for saviors and heroes to deliver them. And Samson is just one of many. Uh, in the book. He's the 13th that we'll go over. There's 12 or 13 judges, depending on how you look at it. And, and, and do we care? No, we don't. So, uh, but we, we, the ones we've, we've gone and we really have. Samson was called by God uh, even before he was born. He was set apart. He was set aside, given uh, the vow. Remember the vow? What was it called? It's going to be a real important today. The Nazarite vow, which meant he couldn't do what? Three basic things, touch dead things, uh, drink, uh, and he couldn't cut his hair. So, he looked like Bigfoot walking around. Uh, maybe he did. He probably pretty ripped. Uh, and his whole thing is he was going to begin delivering the Israelites, that, that group of people, from the oppressive Philistines, the hallmark bad guy in the Old Testament. Samson was given supernatural strength over and over. We see that phrase, then the Lord came to him or the, or the Spirit came upon him, all those sort of things. But... Did, did Samson live a smooth, do everything right life? No, he did not, or he wouldn't have been in the book of Judges, right? He, he got in his own way. He made mistake after mistake after mistake. He allowed what to lead him, the spirit or his emotions, his emotions. Now, we like emotions. We want emotions, but we want the spirit to lead our emotions. We like that. And so we even saw that, that characteristic in Samson we saw in week one, with his father. His father was led like that as well. And so what we see just in two weeks is that Samson, in, in many ways, if we were going to crown a bad decision champion of the Old Testament, he would win. He would, he's it. Samson, you win. And so I want to I talk, though, because I think we can gloss over the good part of Samson, of chapter 15. There is a little sentence there at the very tail end of the, of the chapter in verse 20 of chapter 15, if you're there, I'm just going to read it and we'll move on. But I do think it sets up really nicely 
Samson's finish. In 1520 it says, and he, and that's Samson, he judged Israel in the days of the Philistines for how long? 20 years. 20 years. That's a long time. It's two decades. 20 years is good. He did well. That's good. We have to think that in those 20 years he was serving God faithfully. But what we'll see today is that slowly and really tragically, he's, he's going to go from a God-honoring 20-year judge to having his eyes gouged out. Uh, he'll, go, he'll be shackled and he'll be made a laughingstock in front of his enemies. It's a big, big drop coming. And so I want to, here's how I want to process this with you is that, and the first thing we'll put up here is that bad decisions often happen one at a time. Do you know what I mean by that? Bad decisions often, not always, but often they happen one at a time. Here's what I mean. Folks don't wake up and think, today's the day I'm going to become an addict. I'm going to do it. Going all in. They don't do that, do they? Or they don't say, today's the day I'm going to do something so terrible that it's going to ruin the rest of my life. Today's it. Is that generally, that is not how it works, correct? You either, you know, you you make decisions, you take steps, but they occur one at a time. I have found they happen day by day. You make a bad decision, you wake up the next day, you got a choice. Am I going to make another bad decision or am I going to make a good decision today? They go both ways too. Hey, good decisions often happen day day and day day after time, after time, after time. That's how it works. But this is what I see. And so what we see is in Samson, he has a choice. He can either make a bad decision that leads to another bad decision that leads to another bad decision, or he can make a good decision that leads to good decisions that leads to good decisions, which eventually one will lead to what kind of result? A bad result. And the other will lead to what other kind of result? A, a, a good result. In Samson chapter 16, verse 1, we see where he chooses. <laughs> Samson went to Gaza and there he saw a prostitute and he went into her, which is Bible speak for what? They had sex. Turns out he chose bad. This is, it's not even like with the Philistine girl anymore. He's not even looking to get married now. He's just like, I want it. I'm going to go do it. He's leading with emotions and the Philistines find out and they don't like it. And so in verse two, it says, the Gazites were told, Samson has come here. They don't like Samson, we know that. And they surrounded the place and set an ambush for him all night at the gate of the city. And they kept quiet all night saying, let us wait till the light of the morning, then we will kill him. Now there's some significance to this. Samson, he just risked 20 years of faithfulness for one night of fun. You catch that? He risked it. And because I like to look at maps, this wasn't like next door to where he was living. This is 25 miles away. So I don't know about you, but that is 25 miles. That's, I don't, I mean, maybe he was a supernatural runner too. Lots of people run 25 miles in one day, but you know, let's say he just did it in one day, walking down there, step after step after step. He knows what he's going to do. So this raises a question for us. Maybe you're like Samson. Do you ever risk a lot to gain a little? 
Maybe, okay, how about this? Maybe you've been married 20 years. You ever risk that 20 good years of marriage for one great night that you think is going to be great? You ever, you ever think, man, I've been doing so well, but I'm going to risk it all for something that looks fun. And you make a bad decision. And then you make another one. 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 And before you know it, total catastrophe has set in. He walked, I, I just, I can't get past it. He walked 20 Five miles, knowing what he was getting into. It, it didn't. It takes you a long time to drive twenty-five miles, especially around here. That's like an hour, easy. Went to the Phillies game there, and I. It shouldn't have taken as long as it took. It took two hours to get there from my house. We played games I haven't played since I was a little kid. We played the alphabet game. Because sitting on 76. Do you think you're thinking about other things other than that too? Do you, th- do you think at any moment on that 25-mile walk, at any point, he could have heard from the Lord? Do you think at any point he could have believed the Lord? Do you think at any point he could have obeyed the Lord and turned around? But it happens one day at a time. Sin always takes you further than you want to go. That's an oldie, but that's a goodie, isn't it? Some of y'all grew up in a church like mine. They always said that. It's true. Sin always takes you further than you want to go. And I want to know, where are you on that 25-mile walk today? You're at mile one, you're just thinking it over. Day one, you do a mile a day and then 25. No, where are you? you? You know, you have time to turn around. You have time to turn around. He, he didn't, though. He didn't repent. He gets there, and it just gets worse. Samson lay till midnight in verse 3. And at midnight he arose and took hold of the doors of the gate of the city and the two posts and he pulled them up, bar and all, and put them on his shoulders and carried them to the top of the hill that is in front of Hebron. Now, some of you are hearing that maybe for the first time in your life. Well, that's not really that big a deal. It's just a couple of doors. No, no, no. It isn't just a couple of doors, okay? These are 700-pound doors. And doors on gates, gates on cities were very important. No gate meant you weren't safe. This is in every way Samson standing at their city and saying, you guys aren't safe if I'm here. I can do whatever I want to you. If I'm being crude, this is Samson giving that city the finger, Okay? That's what he's doing. He's wagging it at him. There's nothing you can do to me. But he's showing his old ways. He's showing how comfortable he gets right back in to that. Paul wrote to the church of Corinth about that type of thinking. He said, therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands heed, lest he what? Fall. What, what would we say if we were saying that in like today language? Be careful. Be careful. He, he said, here's what he would say. If, if Samson were with us, if I was sitting with, with having coffee with Samson, I'd say, Samson, you got to be careful, buddy. You're starting to look like old Samson again. You're starting to be led by emotion again. The old you is starting to work its way back into your life. You need to take heed. When do you think we should be careful? When is the best time to be careful? Always. 
always. Does, does the demons that flee, do they ever take a break on you? They ever give you a week off? Hey, Mark, let's rest today. You've been through a lot lately, buddy. You look tired. Let's give you a day. They're not. They're not up there looking at the calendar saying, all right, everybody, leave Mark alone on the 15th. Big day. No. So when do you think I should be careful? Honestly, I need to be careful when I'm tired. When I'm tired. When I'm worn down. Because that's when they love to go, hey, we didn't, man, this is a bonus day for us. He's tired. Let's go get him. <laughs> Take heed lest you fall. Satan, I just can't tell you this in, in more obvious terms. Satan wants to destroy you. And he wants to do it the same way he did to Samson. Playbook hadn't changed, guys. He is using the old playbook with Samson. You know what he's doing? He's tempting him with his past. He's saying, we've had a good 20 years, but you used to do these things. You could go pick up those 700-pound gates. They would be so afraid of you if you did that. And we know how much you like the ladies down there. Let's go. Let's go down there. He said, that didn't really happen to me. I don't ever be tempted in my past. Really, do you remember when Facebook first came out? Is anybody old enough to remember that? When it very first came out and then it, then it expanded. It went beyond just uh, college. You, had to, you could be anybody. Now everybody has Facebook. Well, not everybody, but you know what I'm saying. But in those first like five years of Facebook, do you know what really began to peak? Marriages began to crumble and fall because of Facebook. You're like, I knew it. The internet's evil. It's the demon. It's the antichrist. No, no, no. Okay, maybe it is, but that's not my point, okay? Here's, here's why. People got on Facebook, and guess who they started reconnecting with? <laughs> Did somebody say old flames? <laughs> old flames. And they got to thinking about the good old days. And people were seeing pics of their old girlfriends and their old boyfriends. And they were just, hey, I'm just reconnecting. Uh-huh. I, I, don't, I don't know that that's still as hot now as it was. But what I do know is that was a temptation from your past. Be careful. Be careful. It's a bad decision. Be careful. Bad decisions happen one day at a time. And here's what I've found, and I think this is probably what happened to a lot of our brothers and sisters in those early years of social media is they rationalized their bad decision. Do you ever do that? You should be careful. Do you ever rationalize your bad decisions? Oh, I can handle it. I'm stronger now. Samson's about to remember, man, this is the way it used to be. But he made some bad romantic decisions then, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He's about to do it again. In verse four, we see some major rationalization. It says, after this, he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek whose name was Enter Delilah. Uh-huh, uh-huh, we know that name. This is where if you were friends with him and you were his workout buddy, which, I mean, you're getting smoked if you are, but if you're his workout buddy, you would say to him in between his supersets, like, dude, you need to be careful. You need to be careful. You're acting exactly like you act when you make really bad decisions. You need to be careful. You've been here before. You know what happens when you get involved with people who worship false gods. Can I just say that to all of you right now? Hey, guys, you need to be careful. You know what happens when you begin to interact with people that worship false gods. 
I don't mean when you start to evangelize. I don't mean when you start to tell them about the one true God. I mean when you start to look a little too much like them. Be careful. You got to be careful. Are you evangelizing them or are you just using that as an excuse to like be one of them? You ever do that? I go here because that's where that grew. I have a real knack of reaching those people. Do you? Or are you just using them as an excuse to do those things? Be careful. Be careful. This is the third time he's done something like this that we know of. Maybe he should be careful. Do you think he's just beginning to rationalize this at this point? I know I can handle it. No, you can't. You've never handled it. Oh, how about this? That was then. I'm a new me. No, you're not. You're exactly who you were. (laughs) Be careful. Do you ever do that? Hey, I beat addiction so I can handle it. You ever heard that rationalization? I've actually sat with people that have told me that. I was able to quit, so now I can do it socially. What? It makes no sense. You've rationalized it. I'm going to make better decisions this time. Be careful lest you fall. Verse 5, the lords of the Philistines came up to her. Remember, this is Delilah. And they give her this plan. Here's their plan. Seduce him. Shouldn't be hard. I mean, in one sentence, he walked 25 miles and got a prostitute in Philistine. So they're like, seduce him and see where his strength lies and by what means we may overpower him that we may bind him to what? Humble him. And we'll give you all the money you can handle. They know he's different, right? They know it. They've seen what he can do. And so Delilah says to Samson, please tell me where your great strength lies and you might be, and how you might be bound that one could subdue you. Which, I mean, Samson, dude, I don't know what day in the relationship this question was, but like, was this day one? Hey, we just met and she wants to know my secret strength. She's really into me. Like, yeah, she is. Yeah, this is not at all suspicious. This is what happens when you lead by emotion. You don't see all the obvious signs of danger. And so Samson said to her, because you know he loves a riddle, if they bind me with seven fresh bowstrings and have not been dried, that I shall become weak and be like any other man. And then the lords of the Philistines brought up to her seven fresh bowstrings that they had not been dried, and she bound him with them. And now the men lying in ambush in an inner chamber, and she said to him, the Philistines are upon you, Samson because he guessed he was asleep, uh, but he snapped the bowstrings as a thread of flax, uh, flax snaps when it touches fire, and so the secret strength was not known. Okay, you'd think that would be it, right? She obviously has ulterior motives. Then Delilah said to Samson, behold, you have mocked me and told me lies. Please tell me how you might be bound. No talk of the guys laying in ambush. That didn't make it in. That didn't make it in to the follow-up meeting. And he said to her, if they bind me, now he's talking about them. If they bind me with new ropes that have not been used, then I shall become weak and be like any other man. So Delilah took new ropes, went down to Walmart and got new ones, right? And bound him with them and said to him, the Philistines are upon you. And the men lying in ambush were in an inner chamber 
But he snapped the ropes off his arms like a thread. And they were disappointed. And then Delilah said to Samson, until now you have mocked me and told me lies. Tell me how you might be bound again. No mention of the guys hiding in the room next door. And he said to her, if you weave seven locks of my head, getting closer, the web and fasten it tight with a pin, then I shall become weak and be like any other man. So while he slept, Delilah took the seven locks of his head and wove them into the web and she made them tight with the pin and said to him, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. And you know what happened. He woke up, pulled out the pen, loomed the web, probably whipped those guys. And she said, how can you say, I love you? When your heart is not with me, you have mocked me three times and you have not told me where your great strength lies. Listen, do you, do you think this all happened in an afternoon? Or do you think this was one day at a time? Bad decision, rationalization, bad decision, rationalization, bad decision, rationalization, until finally when she pressed him hard with her words day after day and urged him, his soul was vexed to death. Samson had the strength to kill a lion. Remember that? Ripped it apart like a young goat, whatever that means. He, he could take out a thousand men He could catch foxes and burn down a farm. He could carry 700-pound gates. But he couldn't say no. Be careful that you don't rationalize your bad decisions. And he told her all his heart and said to her, a razor, has never come upon my head. For I've been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb. If my head is shaved, then my strength will leave me and I shall become weak and be like any other men. This is very serious. He is so overconfident. He's so filled with hubris. No worries whatsoever. That even though he has a proven history If she's going to call the bad guys, he goes to sleep. And when Delilah saw that he had told her with all his heart, she sent and called the lords of the Philistines, saying, come up again, for he's told me all his heart. She knew this one was real. And then the lord of the Philistines came up to her and brought the money in their hands. She made him sleep on her knees, and she called a man and had him shave off the seven locks of his head. Then she began to torment him and his strength left him. And she said, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. And he awoke from his sleep and he said, I'll go out as all the other times and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. Oh my, oh my. Decisions day after day. We rationalize them. And here's another way we're foolish with our bad decisions. Be careful in this one, that you don't believe your bad decisions will cost you. So arrogant, 
So arrogant. 20 years of good judging. It's all worked before, no problem. Be careful lest you fall. Don't rationalize it. And don't think that it only affects you. How many, how many times do we think that we have it completely under control? Do you think you ever have it completely under control? Do you ever, maybe you don't say these words, but your actions are saying, I don't really need God, I got this. You ever think that way? I've been able to shake free before, I'll be able to shake free again. I'm sure, I am sure that the devil is gonna give me this win. He wants to kill you. He never gives up on you. The cost is high here for Samson. It says the Philistines seized him and like I told you this was coming, they gouged out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza and bound him with bronze shackles and he ground at the mill in the prison. You see it, right? Listen, I just said this and I wanna be quick to get to this because the devil, they, they don't have a calendar with off days but neither does God. God never gives up on you. God never gives up on you. The devil never quits and God doesn't either. He never gives up on you. He is pursuing you. Even right now as I speak, God is pursuing you. He is after you. Every step you take away from him, he is right there. He is right there. Every bad decision you make, he is like, come on, today's gonna be the day that you turn it around. Today is going to be the day that we start making good decisions in the name of the Lord. Today is the day you are ready, man. Whoever it is here or maybe watching online, you are ready today. God is ready today to receive you into forgiveness and say, let's make some good decisions. Are you, are you ready for one of the most grace-filled verses in the entire Bible? Because you know the story of Samson. Every one of you know it now. At least it's been here for one week, right? You got the recap. You got Samson. Some of you have told me Samson is a jerk. He is. Why in the world would God keep blessing him? Anybody wonder that? My hand's up because I do. Why in the world would he keep going back to Samson? Listen, I know the answer. Do you guys know the answer? Because he loves him. Because he loves me. Because he loves you. God never gives up on you. We're his kids. He loves us the way a good father loves his children. He never gives up on you. Look at this. Samson's outward symbol of obedience to God was what? His hair. What did he just cut off? His hair. And now they're mocking him. He can't see. He's grinding at the mill. He is being tortured. He is being laughed at. He is being humiliated. You know he's thinking. You know he's thinking. At any of those points in my life, I could have turned this around, and I didn't. At any point on that walk, after 20 years, that 25-mile walk, at any one of those miles, I could have turned around. Mile three, mile four, mile five, mile six. I could have turned around, but I didn't, and look where it got me. Any one of those, I could have repented and made a good decision. And then he thinks, I'm not done yet. I can still make a good decision. And God never quit. Look at this verse in verse 22. You ready? Some of you are gonna think it's, it's kind of funny. But the hair of his head 
began to grow. You say, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if that's going to be one I'm going to put up on my wall. What's the big deal? Not a verse you probably have memorized. The hair of his head began to grow. You know what I see that and what I think? Just because he's down doesn't mean he's out. Satan loves to make strong people weak. And God loves to make weak people strong. And the hair on his head began to grow. Now the lords of the Philistines gathered gathered to a offer a great sacrifice to Dagon, their God, and to rejoice. And they said, our God has given Samson, our enemy, into our hand. Don't you sometimes feel like the other team is winning when they're spiking the football in your end zone? And when the people saw him, they praised their God. For they said, our God has given our enemy into our hand, the ravager of the country who has killed many of us. And when their hearts were merry, they said, call Samson that he may entertain us. So they called Samson out of the prison and he did, he entertained them. They made him stand between the pillars. And Samson said to the young man, because remember he's blind, who held him by the hand, he said, let me feel the pillars on which the house rests. I can see it. I can see it with my, my eyes right now that I may lean against them. And the house was full of men and women and the lords of the Philistines were there. And on the roof there were 3,000 men and women who looked on while Samson entertained. And then Samson called to the Lord and said, you're about ready to hear it for the first time. Oh, Lord God, please remember me. And please strengthen me only this once. Oh God, that I may be avenged on the Philistines for my two eyes. And Samson grasped the two middle pillars on which the house rested and he leaned his weight against them, his right hand on the one and his left hand on the other. And Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. Then he bowed with all his strength and the house fell upon the lords and upon all the people who were in it. So the dead whom he killed at his death were more than those whom he'd killed during his life. Then his brothers and his families came down and took him, brought him up and buried him between Zorah and Eshtael, the tomb of Manoah, his father. Remember him? He had judged Israel 20 years. What are we supposed to learn from Samson? Well, we know this. We already talked about this. Bad decisions often happen one day at a time. And I don't know what day you're in right now. Be careful we don't rationalize our bad decisions. Be careful that we don't believe that our bad decisions won't cost you. And don't ever believe that God gives up on you. That's a lie. So I don't know. I don't know what the pillars are that you need to feel today. I don't know what sin has blinded you into thinking that you're seeing what you're seeing. I I don't know, is your hair shorter than it should be? 
what are you gonna do with all your bad decisions? I, I can find one redeeming quality out of Samson. I'm sure he was charismatic and charming and probably fun to have around, but he remembered. He remembered. I told you, he's like the entire cycle all in one person. He remembered and said, Lord, remember me. Remember me. So what do you need to remember? Let's pray right now. Father, I pray that your spirit would speak today in a profound way and that our hearts would be open to what you would say to all of us through the story of a, a jerk. And when I wonder, God, why do you keep pursuing a guy like Samson? Maybe the better question is, why do you keep pursuing a guy like Mark? Me. And as you're praying right now, those of you would just honestly say, I'm talking men and women, every single one of you, maybe it's time to admit, I'm making some bad decisions right now. I'm making some bad decisions right now. And I've been doing it a while. But today is the day that I'm remembering who God is. And I'm gonna call out to him and say, give me strength. Give me strength. I want to turn around. I want to hear again. I want to believe again. I want to obey again. And if that's you, we don't have pillars in here. But we got hands. If that's you, because I just want to pray over you. If that's you, could you just raise your hands? Maybe both. I don't know. Like a surrender. Let's just surrender. We're making bad decisions. I don't know what mile you're in, but we're making bad decisions. So we surrender. We're tired of making them. We're not gonna rationalize them. We're not gonna believe we're not hurting ourselves with them. But we're saying today, I wanna remember. I wanna remember who God is and who I am. And if you got your hands up right now in that position, just in surrender, we're gonna pray. I'm gonna pray out loud, but I want everybody to just pray, 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 pray. God, I thank you for those who are just so sensitive and honest. And I know some people just don't like to raise their hands. I'm not judging them. I'm not a judge. But God, I'm just so joyful that we're sensitive to the loving conviction of the Spirit, of you, Spirit, who is leading us. And God, I thank you today that that you're showing us, you're loving us in that area. And that if we're making bad decisions, I don't know at what level we are. I don't know how many we are away from total catastrophe, but we got hands up and we're saying, I surrender. I give up. And God, I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your grace that if we're on step one or or we're on step 500, mile 500 here, that even in that, you're giving us an opportunity right now to stop and turn back to you. So God, I thank you that it's never too late for the hair to grow back. That your grace is still there. And, and you can keep your hands up if you want, but we're, keep, we're continuing here. I want to talk to some of you right now. You, you are all, just hear me, hear me. If you've been, you've been hearing me say versions of this now for maybe months, and you're on the cusp right now of making a good decision or a bad decision. Here, here's the bad decision that you might make. You may decide to say no to God. Say, no, I'm gonna rationalize that. 
God's not real. This is fun. I enjoy the service. I like to sing. They're nice to me in the parking lot. I really think that guy's funny. Feels good. But God's not real. I'm deciding to say no to him. That's a bad decision. And it will lead to ruin. Or you could make the greatest decision you'll ever make, not just in this life, for all of eternity. And you could say, today is the day I'm going to put it all down and follow God. Not because I've been persuaded by my words or the incredible worship. Not because of that, but because God is real. And the Bible says that if I confess my sins to God, not just to other people, but to God, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse me from my sin, from my unrighteousness. And if I don't do that, I will spend an eternity, an eternity, forever, living out my bad decision. Getting, hear me, you'll be getting exactly what you want. No God. That's what hell is. Hell is without God. We, we over-explain hell. Well, it's hot. You'll be tormented. Do you know why? Because there's no God. But you're deciding that or you're saying, I want God. And the Bible says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. And there are many of you right now that God has brought you for this moment or you hit play for this moment. And you, maybe you're not even paying attention until right now. But you know you need God in your life. So here's how you do it. I'm going to ask you to hold your hands up too because it's a big surrender. You say, I give, I give. I see hands, I see hands. Here's how we're going to pray. You're going to pray with me right now. You say, dear Jesus, because you can talk directly to him. Dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I believe you came for me. I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe you were buried in the tomb. I believe you rose from the dead. I know I'm going fast, but you know what to say. And today I ask for forgiveness and I receive forgiveness. Come into my life, be my savior, be my Lord. And from this day forward, as true as my surrender is, I will follow you, the one true God tomorrow morning when I wake up the demons will flee